This is the NBL Show. Play NBL Fantasy for free. You could win $5,000 plus daily prizes at nbl.com.au slash fantasy. Uh, very good evening and welcome to the NBL Show. Different time slot this week. We are in on a Monday. One game to go in round two, but plenty of NBL action to review from round two and round three to look ahead to. Sam Hargroves joined by NBL champion himself, Peter Hooley. Hello to you. Mate, good to be back. And it's only been a couple, handful of games, 10 games, I think. And we might have already seen Dunk of the Year. We've seen some elite <laughs> yes. plays. We've seen some great performances and some teams that need to fix some things quick. So... A lot going on in such a short time span. Every game has been played at a really, really intense level and a competitive level, and we couldn't have asked for better basketball to start the year. Well, I think it's a bit of that, and then a lot of players have had such a long off-season. They've been itching to get back, and the excitement of being back on the NBL floor in front of fans as well, which is a big reason that the NBL was delayed, and to see full stadiums or whatever capacity they can have has just been a tremendous start to an NBL season that's only going to get bigger. Uh, don't forget, you can watch the Hungry Jacks NBL on SBS Viceland, ESPN, SBS On Demand, and Twitch. All games before 7.30 uh, will be broadcast on SBS Viceland. All games after 7.30 will be broadcast on ESPN. All games streamed on SBS On Demand and Twitch. Uh, second segment of the show, Wild Kyle, one of mm. my favourites, your favourites. Kyle Adnam will join us from the southeast Melbourne Phoenix. Uh, they got away to a, uh, they're away to a one and two start for the year. Um, we're... we're they weren't in your early Hooli hierarchy, which we'll do in a minute, where you rank the top five sides in the competition. But uh, there's some good signs there. They lost a close one um, to Adelaide, I reckon it was, first up. But uh, they've, they've been impressive. Yeah, and then they went and played the first time we've seen a new Perth Wildcats outfit. So it's always hard when a team's yeah. already seen you play twice. They can scout you, and you're kind of going in blind. They put up a good fight, but they just need a certain few players to step up. And I'm sure when we talk to Kyle, it's... It's going to be a lot of talk about defense because they, they need to clamp down on that end. Uh, let's go through round two action as it unfolded. It started Wednesday, uh, Jan 20, Adelaide 36, Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. This was the game that Southeast Melbourne Phoenix actually got their win in, uh, 89 to 83 over in Adelaide. It was uh, a good performance. It was, and they needed to bounce back. They gave that one away in the double overtime in round one, so they needed to bounce back, and they did. Kiefer Sykes was excellent. What they have to do is is build on those kind of games and, and they can't lose those ones they should be winning, which they did in that first game against the Sixers. So that's the beauty about these two little mini two-game series that a lot of teams have had. If you lose one, you get a chance to go straight back at it. And if you're a player, you'd rather get another shot at a team straight away that you just lost to. Uh, what about these Illawarra Hawks? They are 3-0 and to start the year and uh, they won their second game uh, against the Brisbane Bullets. That was the second game of round two. Uh, Tyler Harvey, 31 points. Uh, Justinian Jessup continues to show uh, why he'll be a great addition and uh, next star in the NBL. Um, the Bullets well led by Nathan Sobey with 24 points, but uh, certainly looking a little off the pace at the moment, it makes me sad to say. Well, they, they do. I think their biggest thing is they need a, a lockdown guard defender. I'm not sure who that is because they've got the firepower. Sobey, we know, can get hot quick. Kadee, Drimmick, Harry Froling's looking really good, and Vic Law's a stud. So I think Orlando Johnson coming off a little bit of an injury from game one, it hurts them, but they need someone to, to really lock in because Tyler Harvey, we, we talked about him potentially leading the league in scoring. I see mm. no reason why he can't, although we did see Bryce Cotton back in action last night, so that was an interesting one. He is ready to roll, but Tyler Harvey is a flat-out jet. 
Yeah, he is. Tell us a little bit more uh, about this man. For those who might not know a lot about his story, obviously uh, comes from the US, um, played at Eastern Washington Eagles. But what uh, what else can you tell us about him? Well, he started as a walk-on and just kept working hard and, and working his way up and then led the nation in scoring for NCAA, which is an outstanding thing. If you go to a Division One school and average anywhere between 12 and 14 points, you're pretty good. So anything like that, this guy, man, averaged, I think it was over 20, so led the country in scoring, which is an outstanding achievement, and he is just mm. a flat-out bucket. He can shoot the deep three, he's got the step back, he's got floaters, and he can get to the rim. He can score from anywhere on the on the court, so that's what makes him real dangerous. What have you been impressed with with the Hawks at 3-0? They've beaten the Bullets twice, they've beaten Cairns, though, uh, as well, and we'll talk about Cairns in just a moment because they were one of your... Uh, guaranteed top three finishing mm. sides this year. And at the moment, they're one and three. We'll talk about them, but what are you liking about what the Hawks are doing? I love they're bought into what Brian Gorgian has obviously brought out. He said, mm. we're going to play defense and we're going to play a fun style of basketball when we can get stops. And they've done exactly that. And it's led by Justin Simon. Their imports, normally you try and get imports at different positions who can who can score unless they're bigs, they rebound and score. Justin Simon's been brought in as an energy guy and mainly as a defender. So big credit to the Hawks for getting in someone like that because – Everyone else feeds off his energy, and he didn't set the world on fire in their last game, but he did everything he needed to help get them over the line. And they've all bought into Brian Gorgian's system, and they're 3-0 and with Dengadel and Cam Besto sitting out hurt. One of the great performances this year, and it may be a bit of a surprise too, with the 36's three-point win over the New Zealand Breakers. It was the New Zealand Breakers' first win. We know how interrupted their preseason has been. They came over here very early to make sure they were here in time to prepare in the potential, uh, if there was any potential border closures again. So they've made the move over to Australia. They've uh, been sort of hubbing and doing their preseason. We finally got to see what we think is a very, very strong list in action. Uh, and Adelaide were just too good on the night. They were, and Adelaide, they got away with a couple late. A couple calls went their way, but they've only won their two games in overtime, the Sixers, and I think the Breakers got up by 10 midway through the third quarter, and credit to the Sixers, they just hung around. Humphreys was huge. Isaac Humphreys had a monster game. 24 points, 11 rebounds. And seven blocks. He was insane on that defensive end, but Ty Webster, we talked about him a little bit last week. He's a jet for the New Zealand Breakers. When his brother comes back, it's going to be even better because when they play together, it is fun to watch. So, Probably the best thing that you've just mentioned there to keep in mind that the breakers aren't at full strength yet. So for you, what's their full strength starting five look like? Well, you're probably looking at, you're looking at the Webster brothers in the backcourt, then Lamar Patterson, Finn Delaney, and Rob Lowe. I think that's how they'll start most of their games. Colton Iverson, their import, he's a big dude. He's got a really good resume in Europe basketball, but how will he go in these certain matchups against like a Jock Landau who's a lot more athletic and agile? It'll be interesting to see, but their starting five is as good as anyone else in the league. Yeah, and uh, 34 points for Webster to lead the Breakers. They weren't far off, as we said, and we're expecting some big things for them. They were another team that you had as a guarantee top three for the year, but not off to the start that they would have liked, um, but they'll get another chance. That was just their first game for the year, obviously. Taipans and Kings. uh, Kings reversed the result from round one. uh, Eight-point win over the Taipans. And as I said, the Taipans one and three. Kings might be a little better than we thought, or are the Taipans not as good as we thought early stages? Or is it just... I think it's both, to be honest. I think the Kings are a lot better than, than we gave him credit for. And Jarrell Martin is a flat-out start. He is going to be all NBL this season, the way he's going. Played 23 minutes in that game and dominated. And Cam Oliver still put up big numbers, but Jarrell Martin was absolutely everywhere. And we saw the old Casper Ware had two points on two shots in the first half and then came out and torched him in the second half and was clutch, came in, 
got the win. Good to see Cassaware back, but the Taipans, yeah, I'm not sure what's going on there. I know Mike Kelly's going to be having a lot to say and a lot of clips of their defense. Their defense just hasn't been where it was last year. Uh, and speaking of the Taipans, before we get your Hooli hierarchy, um, actually, I'll save that because the other game uh, last night, we saw the Wildcats in action for the first time this year, 88-76, to 76, comprehensive victory over the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix uh, on their home court. Uh, and they were well served. Bryce Cotton, I mean, what can you say about this guy that we haven't uh, already said? 27 points, seven assists as well. So scoring it, facilitating it. Um, Blanchfield, 16. Uh, Mooney with 13 as well. They got uh, contributors all over the court. Uh, and Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, it just wasn't a fantastic night for them. Yeah, Bryce Cotton, we've been waiting to see what he's going to come back and do. His citizenships are hopefully just around the corner, but he looked just as good as he always does. He's the best player in the league. But Mooney was a really nice surprise packet. He was really good. I like mm. that little one-two punch. They got Blanchfield coming over, knocking down a few shots. Steindl off the bench. Mitch Norton looking really aggressive. And then Luke Travers, the DP, starting in the four spot. Always tough when you're starting as a DP going up against Mitch Creek. But he held his own, and the Wildcats got the win. All right. This is the moment, I think, mm. that we just absolutely loved from uh, round two. But he hasn't cooled down. Comes off that one, flashes another three. Machado to... Oh! Puts the hammer down! He cocked it with the big tomahawk dunk. They're going to have to reinforce the rim. Oh, my goodness. This is genuine anger and power in that dunk. Oh. Well, you might have seen he had the dunk of the year last year, and it's game nine, and we might have already seen it. Oh, my God. So there you go, Pete Hooley. You called it within the game itself, but it was the Cairns and the Sydney Kings and sweet little give from Machado. Set it up brilliantly and Oliver did the rest and that has gone global. It has. And for rightly so, just a massive dunk and a, a momentum shift for those Taipans. And he can do that when, whenever he wants. And yeah, I think it probably will be dunk of the year. And if anyone can beat it, it's probably Cam Oliver himself again. So he's going to have to do something even better, which will be crazy and out of this world, but he is capable of it. Before we get to a break, and Kyle Adams will join us on the other side of that, the Hool- the Hooli hierarchy, please. This is uh, you ranking the top four or five sides. Did we start with five or did we go with four? Well, we'll go with finals. We'll go with the finals four then. Final four. So Let's I've, go. Hooli hierarchy. We've only seen United once, but they're still leading the little charge, what they did. We get to see them again, which will be exciting. The Hawks. The Hawks are very good. I've got to give it to the Kings. The Kings have looked really, really solid. And in that last one, I know they lost, but I'm going to have to stay with the Breakers, I think. Once they get their feet together and it's only their first game and they're away from home, I think they'll come good. This is the NBL Show on SEN. Sam Hargraves, Peter Hooley with you. And we're going to speak to Kyle Adam up next on the NBL Show. You're listening to the NBL Show. Play NBL Fantasy for free. You could win $5,000 plus daily prizes at nbl.com.au slash fantasy. Welcome back to the NBL show on SEN. Sam Hargraves, NBL champion, Peter Hooley with you. Uh, Still another game to go in round two. So if you thought we forgot it earlier when we were doing our wrap of round two, uh, do not fret. Uh, Just trust us. We will get to that game uh, and preview the uh, Taipans and Melbourne United tonight. That's going to be a massive game. Taipans one and three. United have won their only game for the season. Before we do that, uh, South East Melbourne Phoenix into their second year in the competition, um, have put some really nice pieces around some existing ones as well. And one of those is one of my favourites, Pete, one of your favourites. I think one of the fiercest competitors in the competition, maybe one of the most underrated players in it as well. I love him. You love him. Uh, Kyle Adnam has been 
great enough to jump on with us. Hello, mate. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Now, Kizza, welcome to the NBL show. We've talked to you a bit in the past, but second year with the Phoenix, how, how do you feel your role is changing on this team? I, I love when you come in and you're ultra-aggressive this year. Has Simon Mitchell said something in the off-season about that, of that is specifically your role this year? Um, I mean, not specifically. I think um, for me, uh, my biggest, I guess, jump in the off-season was probably just within that leadership role. Um, so... For me, obviously, you know, there was an extra six months there that we were able to work on my, you know, my body, um, you know, get a bit of time away from basketball to really get that, um, you know, day-to-day passion back um, in a sense. Uh, so it was actually quite nice having that break, but I think it's just that refreshed feeling and, um, you know, I'm uh, I'm confident in what I can do, but I'm also very understanding. I know I've got a long way to go. So um, for me, when I come in, it's just about making an impact and, um, you know, I don't want to come in the game and... Um, you know, let the scoreboard tick over negatively in any way. So, yeah, just trying to be a positive impact when I'm out there. And um, as I said, that leadership role is a, a big part of that. Now, a bit of a stuff, uh, tough start to the season. The first game against the Sixers, you, you could you'd hear from Simon Mitchell, you felt like you gave that one away. You had plenty of chances to win, but good job to bounce back. And then Perth was always going to be tough when, when you come against a team that hasn't played yet and they've scouted you twice. But how do you see the season so far for you guys? Yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, the first game against Adelaide, you know, first game, we um, we made a few mistakes. Um, we felt like that was one we definitely let slide, so that was a really disappointing one for us. Um, obviously, game two um, in Adelaide, we, we sort of did all the things we did wrong in game one, um, but we just, you know, sort of, sorry, there's a crow going absolutely ballistic in my ear. That's all right. Uh, my grandfather used to be very, very uh, nervous around crows. He, he didn't want to borrow Jeez, them. This thing's, this thing's about to swoop me. Is that right? On my balcony. On my balcony. Sorry, I'm going to stick at it. Get out of here. <laughs> under attack. Under attack. Kyle under attack. Oh, I'm under attack. Sorry. All right, let's go back to... That's I've, all right. Yep, I've taken Are care of safe? the crow business. You're all good. I'm safe. That was intense. <laughs> I was rattled. <laughs> I am rattled. All right. I'm all a, good. Do you that need a thing. moment? No, that's wonderful. That's brilliant. Um, oh, that no, flew up on my balconies. Apologies. Let's start that one again. No, not at all. That, that's brilliant. No, we, we, we think that's wonderful. Uh, we're glad that you're okay, though. Hey, um, you, obviously, <laughs> second year, as, as Pete said. Last year, John Robeson, uh, you would have worked very closely with him uh, and you would have, you know, obviously being his relief man and, and coming on and, and playing that point guard role when you did. Um, Kiefer Sykes has just stepped into that role brilliantly, not the probably three-point threat maybe that John was, but certainly a, a pass-first point guard um, really seems to be running the floor well. He, he's able to score too. Um, tell us what he's bringing to the table from a southeast Melbourne Phoenix point of view. Yeah, he's bringing a lot to the group. Um, I think the biggest change for us, um, you know, Kiefer is, uh, you know, he's an elite high-level defender. Um, I know at practice I get to deal with that every day and I'm uh, really excited for all the opposing guards to, to have to deal with that as well. It's, um, he's super quick, um, moves his feet extremely well. So that's been awesome. And then that's also been great for me in day-to-day, just picking his mind about that end of the floor. Um, you know, something I always want to continue to, to be better at and extend my pressure and um, grow as a player. So I think he's been great in that aspect. And on the court, having to, you know, being able to play with him. Um, you know, if he, he needs to go and guard a bigger player and I can play on the point guard stay, whereas typically I would go and 
guard the two guard a lot last year. So, um, you know, that's been really good. And, you know, the opportunity to have two ball handling guards on the floor at the same time, it, it gives you two sides of the floor offensively, which I think has been a real weapon for us. And the other import, Ben Moore, we've seen some flashes of what he's capable of. Very athletic, very gifted, naturally talented. Gets in a bit of foul trouble. Have you as a leader now had that conversation with him? Of We see it a lot. Imports come in, especially from America, and the way that the NBL is officiated is a lot different than they're used to just telling him that it'll take time, and once he understands that part, he's going to be a huge key for you guys. Yeah, definitely. I think you just said it best there with, with the adjustment. I think he's coming from an extremely physical um, league that allows you to probably put hands on, especially in his, his position. Um, so, you know, that's something that Ben understands and it's, he's going to get used to. But um, I'll tell you what, he's, a, he's an incredible player and we see it on a day-to-day in practice. And um, we know that everyone in the NBL is going to see it, um, you know, when he when he gets his stripes going and can, you know, the main thing for him, obviously, is, is staying out of foul trouble so he can stay out there and, and show what he can do. But we're all extremely confident in him and we know how great Ben's going to be. Speaking to Kyle Adnam on the NBL show. Now, Kyle, you've previously been with the Hawks, uh, the Kings, uh, and also, too, you were a premiership teammate of our man here, Pete Hooley, in 2018 with Melbourne United. I'm, I've, you and I have had this chat before, but I think anyone that hasn't, a couple of months after you, you won and were part of that championship team with Melbourne United, you headed off overseas uh, to an NBA mini camp run by the, the Dallas Mavericks. And you, you've told me this story before, but I love hearing it again uh, about a little encounter you had with one of the greatest of, of all time. Uh, could you regale us with that story, please, and, and your experience uh, at that NBA camp run by the, the Mavericks? Yeah, um, I mean, it was an incredible time. We obviously just won the championship. Um, so, you know, definitely coming off the high of that. And, um, you know, to have the opportunity to go to Dallas, um, you know, as much as I've been a, a player of the game, I've also been a fan. So any time that you end up in that sort of NBA environment is just absolutely incredible. And I know who was you'd understand that as well with, with the OKC stuff. It's just a, it's another planet and it's um, you've got to pinch yourself. And um, sometimes us little blokes from Willardale, we don't get those opportunities. So it's, um, it's quite nice. Uh, but yeah, it was Dallas got up about six in the morning. I was like, I've got to get there early and impress and, you know, get all my shots up. And so I wanted to get there sort of two and a half hours or so before. Um, and I walked in the gym and Dirk was in just a full sweat. And it was his 40th birthday. He's shooting jumpers and his uh, his coaches still yelling at him about keeping his elbow in on his shot and, and all these little minor things. But I just thought it was absolutely incredible to see someone who's a, you know, a Hall of Famer in the NBA, 40 years old, his birthday. You know, he had every excuse and right to not be there training that day. But um, to see the dedication, it was just, it was a real eye-opener for me about, you know, what a true professional looks like. And um, that was definitely a little moment I'll never forget. Uh, it's a great story, I reckon. And it's why well, I love it is because obviously it's done so much for you in your career. And we know that you're one of the hardest workers. We hear about it all through preseason when anyone says who's really tearing it up. Your name is the one that everybody throws up first. So that, that just seems like it was a wonderful lesson to learn. And I love you telling it because for anybody that's listening now, who, who is obviously, whether it's kids or whether it's themselves trying to make their way up to the highest possible grade they can, it's a great little lesson on what it takes uh, to do it, mate. So thank you very much for sharing it with us again. And thank you so much for being on the NBL show. Good luck for you and the Phoenix for the rest of the year. Um, it's going to be really exciting to see what you guys can dish up in year two, mate. Go well. 
appreciate it. Thanks for having me, and uh, I apologise on behalf of the <laughs> the life out of me. Yeah, you're all good, mate. You just make sure you're safe and sound. And <laughs> long as it didn't touch the hair, Kizza. That's the main thing. Well, it went for the hair, so that's why wow. I was kicked off. No, well, yeah. good, good on you for standing your ground and, <laughs> and, and doing the right thing. Hey, mate, thanks so much. We'll speak to you soon. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Uh, Kyle Adnam, uh, one of our favourites uh, on the NBL show and, and having an impact every time he, he comes on the floor. It, he's a, such an energy player, isn't he? I mean, you, you don't understand how vital that role that he plays is. Uh, until you really take a close eye on what he does when he when he steps out onto the floor. He's exactly that role that every single coach would want. You want to have guys who can come in, play with confidence, and just come out there and just change the course of a game. He's a momentum swinger. When he comes in and knocks down a couple shots, he can turn the tide of a game, and he's exactly why Simon Mitchell loves him and the Phoenix love him. Uh, almost out of time for us on the NBL show tonight. So, Pete Hawley, Taipans, United. This evening wasn't the start that the Taipans would have been thinking. We weren't thinking it. They're uh, one and two to start off the year out of their three games. And United uh, were really impressive in their first game. Tell us who wins this. This is going to be a tough one because I want to say that it'll be Melbourne just based on what we saw and how good they are with their roster and Cairns being disappointing. But going up on that trip to Cairns has always been a bogey thing for United. I I know when... When I was playing there, we went up two years. We kept laying eggs up there, and CG doesn't shoot as well there as he does around the rest of the league. So it's going to be one of those games where if Cairns can flick a switch, then they could give Melbourne a tough run. But you got to say United will be too strong. Their depth's outstanding. Jock mm. Landau has been tweeting. He's itching to play, so you know he's going to have a big one. And I'm expecting United to get the chocolates. Uh, mate, always an absolute pleasure to spend half an hour with you talking about the great game of basketball, especially when it comes to NBL basketball. And you can watch the Hungry Jacks NBL on SBS Viceland, ESPN, SBS On Demand and Twitch. All games before 7.30, we broadcast on SBS Viceland. All games after 7.30, we broadcast on ESPN. All games will be streamed on SBS On Demand and Twitch, mate. Thank you very much. Always a pleasure. That's it from us. Uh, Big Bash is up next. Do not go anywhere. Big Bash Nation on SEN, uh, this is a must-win game for both the sides that are playing this evening. It will be the Strikers and the Thunder up next.